0: Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. The goal of Along the Way is to identify the moments in life that Jesus really is walking with us and trying to get our attention. But just like the disciples along the way to Emmaus, we are missing those moments that our hearts are burning within us. I want us to identify these moments, learn from others, and apply those lessons to our lives so that we don't miss the blessings God has for us along the way in our life's journey. Since I started working at Charisma Media, I've had the opportunity to do podcast interviews that I wouldn't normally consider an along-the-way episode because I was doing the interview for Charisma News or some other format. And I've also been interviewed on other people's podcasts too. Those have been great opportunities as well as interesting conversations. And I want to make sure that I share them with you as well. With the Supreme Court expected to overturn Roe v. Wade, the fight for life isn't over. It's only the beginning. Filmmaker Tracy Robinson discusses her film, Matter of Life, with me on the Charisma News podcast. She says that 4 in 10 women who have had abortions admitted that they attended church during the month that they conceived. The fight for life is beyond just an issue of the courts. It's an issue of the heart. I'll make sure that the info to see her film, Matter of Life, is in the show notes. It's a Fathom event available May 16th and 17th. I'll get to our conversation in just a moment, but I want to thank you for listening to Along the Way. All of my episodes and social links are available at my website, Along the way, dot media. You can also join my email list to get updates right in your inbox. All the links from this episode will be in the show notes. And now, here's my conversation with Tracy Robinson about the film Matter of Life. This is Charisma News on the Charisma Podcast Network, and today I am with Tracy Robinson, the filmmaker of the new film Matter of Life, and I cannot. Express how glad I am to have Tracy on this podcast because of what is happening in the news right now. As we're recording this earlier this week, the the leak from the Supreme Court draft about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, where there's five justices that have sided on overturning Roe v. Wade, as well as another one of those court cases. Um, so there's five judges that are for turning over. Um, And there's three that are against it and then one abstention right now, but it's still in a draft form. So anything can really happen up until the point where the final decision is made public. But as we're talking about the matter of life, this is uh, a a phenomenal film. I got to see it. I got a chance to see the screener of this. Um, And I'm here with with the filmmaker, Tracy Robinson, to talk about the, the purpose of this movie and are the unborn one of us that is a great question to ask and so tracy thank you so much for joining me on the charisma news podcast
1: thanks for having me
0: yeah so let's talk about the the thing that got you started with the pro-life movement and um you know then combining that passion with the passion for uh film and and you know creating this whole thing because I've been in production for many years. I know what it takes to pull something like this together, and it is not a small feat. It's not just something you say, oh, let's do, let's do it on uh, in my spare time. You've dedicated a lot of time and effort and energy and finances to make this thing happen. And it's it's a beautiful project, and it really does a great job communicating the truth. So, Tracy, I want to hear your story of how you got into film you and then you got into this particular mm-hmm. film.
1: Well, I have always been in the film and video uh, world and industry. I really primarily specialized in video editing for documentaries. And uh, I actually got saved at the tail end of film school um, and always wondered, you know, I wonder if God is going to do something with my degree or my, my skills. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I'd be confronting the topic of abortion, let alone making a movie about it, by the way. So, my journey began with this film in 2016. I was commissioned on and off uh, by a pregnancy resource center to create promotional videos for them, testimonial videos for them, and uh, I really was inspired by what the center was doing. I thought what they were doing for women was amazing, um, but I was very much on the fence about the abortion issue. I was apathetic at best. I was probably very um, pro-choice if I really boiled it down. Um, I was personally pro-life at best, I would say. And it wasn't until my friends at the pregnancy center, the staff there, invited me to an apologetics conference and the topic was the case against abortion. And so I thought, well, I'll go check it out and see what my pro-life friends are talking about. And in less than two hours, the speaker, Alan Schliemann of Stand to Reason, he gave a clear, concise argument for the full humanity of the unborn child from the moment of conception. And he invited us to look at abortion imagery at one point. And so the truth really struck me. And I was pretty much immediately downloaded, so to speak, uh, with this vision that this needed to be a documentary film, like a feature-length documentary film. And um, I knew there were so many young people, young adults in my shoes who have never heard the message before, um, the basic pro-life case. And uh, they, you know, they probably went through public school and even grew up in church or their parents never broached the topic. Um, So uh, research began from there. I wanted to know how we got to this point in our society. I didn't understand Like, what happened with Roe v. Wade, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about the truth behind Planned Parenthood. Um, So I was just starting to read and listen to YouTube and just discovered this amazing multifaceted pro-life movement with amazing speakers and stories, really powerful, redeeming stories uh, within that. And so um, by the grace of God and over time and uh, donations and my own funds working full-time, uh, it finally came to fruition recently, and um, it's coming to theaters May 16th and 17th.
0: That's very exciting. Very exciting. It's a, it's a, a fathom event, so you can only go those May 16th and May 17th. Uh, matteroflife.org is the website, and you can get information there. You can see the trailer. You can get tickets, all that great stuff there. And we'll we'll bring that up again later in this podcast as well. But, you know, Tracy, I do want to go back a little bit because you – you said earlier that you were kind of apathetic at best um, and maybe pro-life in name only. Um, But but like describe what that actually means, because I think there's a lot of people out there that are very pro-life or very pro-choice, but there's a good bit of people that are kind of in the middle that just don't even think about it. And I think that's kind of where you described yourself. Um, What was your viewpoint of that before Encountering that um, that apologetics weekend, could you explain that headspace that you were in?
1: Yeah, they call it the mushy middle. Um, I was, I think, personally pro-life, but, uh, so I I myself wouldn't choose an abortion. But who am I to enforce my preferences onto other people, let alone make it illegal for people? Uh, that doesn't seem right. And uh, really didn't think that that deeply or hard about this topic. Um, I was just very much swayed by the euphemisms I've heard over the years, just growing up in li- liberal environments. And um, I, I, I think my intentions were good. Like most people uh, who have these kind of vague understandings, they want to be on the side that's right. And um, so there, there's a lot of nuance that gets in the way of really knowing what's truly right. And so, um, I had all these questions and concerns about the woman. Um, What about her body, her choice, and what about her circumstance? You know, there's just a lot of common things that I related, you know, questions that I uh, also had. So, um, I wanted to unravel the issue for people in the film. I wanted to confront those those questions um, graciously without um, condemning people with, you know, opposing views. I, uh, yeah, I didn't want to preach to the choir or preach to the convinced. I wanted to really take people on a journey of discovery.
0: Yeah. Now, it you've put out the screener, you know, some, like a smaller audience has seen it. What a, what a response have you received from that so far? And have you shown it to anybody that has from that, that mushy middle that has... That you can say they've they've moved to one side or the other.
1: I've showed it to uh, before. Well, when it was in the rough stage, uh, rough cut stage, I showed it to some of my close friends that I knew were Christian, but were pro-choice. Um, one girl in particular, uh, she watched it and was changed. You know, she was um, kind of like in me. I came from a lot of liberal circles uh, early earlier on in my adulthood. And um, she was just very much, she had no idea about the pro-life issue. She always thought it should be a woman's choice, and um, or the pro-life message. She always thought it should be a woman's choice. And so she actually um, ended up voting for Donald Trump. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Because her eyes were so opened, Mm -hmm. and she started to really... uh, see thing see everything else in new light as well. Hmm. Um, you know, once you realize you've been lied to your you know um, in your worldview, you realize, okay, what else are they lying about? <laughs> what right, else have I right. been told? What That's else is going point. on um, behind closed doors? So um, and then when we started when the film was finished and we were pre-screening for different churches and trying to get the word out about this film um, before we went to distribution, um, the response has been gratitude across the board. That's the common theme is people are just so grateful for the film, uh, whether it's people that have just had their hearts and minds changed um, or people that have worked in pro-life all their life. Uh, they've done pro-life work for a long time. You know, they're they're gra- grateful as well because um, they're re-inspired. Uh, they, they have this renewed fire under their feet to keep going and keep doing what they're doing
0: yeah you know um you say in the film that uh four in ten women that who have had abortions have attended church the month that they became pregnant and so like the church is not absolved from this issue the church is very much connected to it whether we want to be or not like this um There is a lot of unwed pregnancies or unplanned pregnancies within the church, and people don't know how to deal with it. And I was blown away by that statistic that you've laid out in that film. Could we talk about that a little bit?
1: So that was a realization I had midway through. It was more than a realization. It was an epiphany, and I felt like the walls closing in on me, actually, um, was the statistic, like you said, four out of ten women who've had an abortion— uh, attended church in the month they became pregnant, and uh, as Roland Warren in the film says, "This is an issue for us as Christians. We need to overturn Roe v. Wade in our own pews." Mm. And uh, so, and then shortly after that, Brian Fisher uh, uh, gave me his book, uh, "Deliver Us from Abortion," mm-hmm. where he studies the world. You know, the um, the stance of the American Church on this issue. And fifty back when the book was written, fifty three percent, over fifty three percent of Protestant major Protestant denominations, at least Mm. he studied the Protestants, um, were either complicit or completely silent in abortion on abortion. And so I just realized maybe maybe God is having me make this film uh, and not giving up on it uh, because it's a rallying cry for the church. Um, this is a opportunity for the church to love their congreg- congregation 40% more. Um, wow. This is an opportunity for people to even more be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, you know, Christ um, rescued us uh, when we couldn't rescue ourselves. He saved us. Um, and he calls us to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. And so abortion, rescuing babies... Um, rescuing people's sons and daughters from abortion. You know, that is Christ-like, and that's what the church is called to do.
0: Yeah. You know, for with Roe v. Wade have been, you know, uh, been decided in January 22nd of 1973. You know, I was born in 85, so I've known, I've never known a world without abortion. Um, but there obviously was a world with, before abortion was legal uh, across all 50 states. And um, It's really, it's something that because it's I've just been around it my entire life and around the pro life movement. I've been to the to the March for Life several times, and you know it just feels like there is no hope. And then it feels like nothing that we're doing is actually making an impact on a major scale. And yes, it's going to change lives as we deal with people one on one. Um, And now we have got this. This leak of this giant decision of the Supreme Court that is going to send send that back to the states, really. That's what it's going to do. It's not going to outlaw abortion nationwide. It's just going to send that decision back to the states so that the states can decide what they all want to do. Um, this is really like the, the first time that I feel like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're actually going to see light in this. But I love what you just said, that we need to overturn Roe v. Wade in the pews, in our hearts, you know? Like, that is something—so we, we have this big thing that's happening that we need to pray for, we need to intercede for, and really, like, pray that God, you know, confirms this decision that we've, that we've heard this leak about, and then protects the judges that need to be making this decision final. But if we don't overturn Roe v. Wade in our hearts— Then the problem doesn't go away; it just moves to a different place. Can can we talk a little bit more about that? um, You know, overturning that in our hearts because that is such a big deal.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that we need to stop looking at the TV and shouting at the TV, and look at what we're you know look at our own decision making. um, Look at what we can do to to solve a problem in our community. You know, it really starts with uh, your own, you know, your own convictions and what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and often that begins with education. And so, um, Brian Fisher in the movie at the end, he says simply, the pro life movement needs more engaged people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, th- I think that's so true. I think that that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Now- and I think if everyone in the church, Was more than just professing pro life, but active in their community, Mm -hmm. maybe uh, helping their pregnancy resource center, or um, you know, ministering to women outside of abortion clinics. Whatever their gift or their talent is, maybe starting a pro life pregnancy center. Um, You know that that would be revolutionary.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely, one of the things that I appreciate is that in the film, you in include a lot of people that are not your typical Christian pro-lifer. And so what was your thought behind that and like getting all these other people involved with it that probably wouldn't normally have had the opportunity to give voice because they don't fit the mold for what we think of as being pro-life?
1: Well, that was really inspiring and surprising to me when I first heard Alan Schliemann speak about it. Mm. He didn't use Bible verses or religious arguments to make his point. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think that because I'm a Christian, it means I'm pro-life because we're made in the image of God, et cetera. We should value life. But I never thought that the pro-life message could be translated to a secular group of people or a secular mm-hmm. audience. Um, so when he was just talking about like keeping it to the science of embryology and logic, uh, mm-hmm. I was inspired. Um, but c- because even though he was a Christian and he believes that, you know, we're called to to value and protect human beings, mm-hmm. um, you don't need Bible verses. And right. so um, what inspired me further when I was researching is I discovered secular pro-life and feminists mm-hmm. for life, and later on it was pro-life San Francisco, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Teresa Bukovinac. Um, these are some of the most outspoken, passionate pro-life people I've ever met, mm-hmm. because they recognize maybe they're they're so-called progressives um, or liberals uh, and atheists mm-hmm. and secularists, um, but they recognize that that pre-borns are mm-hmm. victimized. You know, right. they're a marginalized segment of society, uh, and they they recognize the violence of abortion for what it is.
0: Right, and. I appreciated their viewpoints because it just it wasn't just more people like myself talking to myself. You know, Um, I appreciated that you pulled in those voices as well. And you also brought in a voice of a doctor, uh, Dr. Anthony Levitino, who used to be an abortion doctor. And he went through a radical change in his life as well. Um, What was it like working with him? And and, um, I'm sure that there had to be some really challenging moments um, just being, as he's describing all these things.
1: Well, Dr. Levitino was very reluctant to work with me. He, I'm understandably, I was an unknown director. Um, it's a very difficult, sensitive, offensive mm-hmm. topic, mm-hmm. and you can't trust any. You can't trust anyone with it. Sure. Um, and so he was. He really took a leap of faith, and I really am forever grateful for for him doing that uh, and agreeing. Um, to do this interview. Um, and I, I thought his transformation story was so powerful, how he finally realized uh, what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I think he knew it was... He started to know it was wrong, like he felt bad about the abortions, but uh, there was a turning point that's very striking uh, yeah. in his personal story. And I love his story probably the most um, because it shows us how... Even the hardest people, the hardest hearts, the most reluctant converts, are 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 not outside the scope of God to change mm-hmm. and transform, yeah. and they're definitely not outside the scope of Christians to love and pray for. Mm-hmm. And uh, so God can change anything; He can change any circumstance and redeem it, uh, redeem it for good and the saving of other lives. And ever since. Uh, Anthony Levitino changed, he became a pro-life activist and started speaking out to where his testimony was changing people and, and saving lives. So right. um, it's just a beautiful story.
0: Yeah, it's really like a Saul to Paul transformation with him. And it's, it's really worth the price of admission for that story alone. But you've got so many other stories in this film, and it's beautifully communicated and uh, I just want to encourage everybody to go to matteroflife.org uh, to go to the website so you can get your tickets for this Fathom event, which is on May 16th and 17th, which is coming up very, very quickly. And you know, before we wrap up here with this, with the leak of this uh, Supreme Court decision, you know, we we've been trying to fight legally for a while, and you know, there's only so much we can do as an average person. Uh, besides just praying for Roe v. Wade to be overturned, but once Roe v. Wade is, is overturned, the work isn't done yet. Can can we talk a little bit about what what is the next steps? Yes, Roe v. Wade is huge, getting that overturned, but what is the next steps?
1: Right, I think that yeah, you're right. The work is just beginning. Um, I believe that those, those trigger states, as they're called, the red states, that are gonna effectively outlaw abortion, you know, that's, there's going to be a bigger need uh, for resource. And I believe the resources are out there. You know, there's nonprofits, there's social services, there's churches that are, that are providing resources. Um, There's optionline.org, which is a 24-7 helpline for women in crisis pregnancies. Um, And um, but she has no idea they exist. Mm-hmm. And so if she doesn't know they exist, she's going to be fearful. She's going to be desperate. Um, right. And so with, uh, with the recent Texas law being changed, Texas saw a decrease in abortions, but the neighboring states, uh, uh, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, they had a huge spike in abortions. Mm. Um, California, my state, they're... On track that you know they're on the path to becoming a sanctuary state where uh, they'll fly girls out of state um, for free um, and they give her a free abortion you know at our taxpayer dollar Mm -hmm. and so um, so the work is not over Um, yeah it's gonna be be it's gonna become more and more divided uh, and I'm interested to see I'm I'm glad though that something is happening that something is changing. I really am.
0: Yeah. And we got to continue to make sure that, as you said earlier, that Roe v. Wade is overturned in our pews and in our hearts too, because that's really what this is about. It's a heart decision because whether or not abortion is legal in your state or not, if it's a matter of the heart and we need to make sure that our hearts are lined up with the word of God and then we have people around us, And we need to be those people around the women that are dealing with an unplanned pregnancy or something like that and really come alongside and support them and show them the love of Jesus because it's not just, yay, we've crossed the finish line, Roe v. Wade is overturned. No, it's, okay, now the real work begins. Now the real work begins. And I want to encourage people to go see The Matter of Life. Matteroflife.org is the website. Go get your tickets, May 16th and 17th. Support Tracy Robinson and her film. She's put a lot of work into this and a lot of her own funds, as well as raising funds. But she's put so much into this. You are going to be blessed by watching this. Bring a friend. Bring somebody that is just curious about what this all about. What this is all about. This matter of life, because it really is a matter of life and death. Um, And so, Tracy, thank you so much for the work that you have done. And I look forward to seeing the the lasting results from your efforts and just your commitment to making this project. And I'm sure there was times that you wanted to quit and you wanted to just say, I'm done with this, but I'm grateful that you've overcome that and that you are bringing this to theaters so that people can see it. And I'm sure there will be things after that. So matteroflife.org. So you can sign up for uh, updates and everything like that as well. So Tracy, thank you so much for joining me on the Charisma News Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and through my website, alongtheway.media. On my website, you can sign up to receive newsletter updates whenever I put out a new episode, so you don't miss one. If you want to help support me in this podcast, I have a Patreon page. The link to become a supporter is also in my show notes. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey, and may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way. Along the Way is honored to be part of the Charisma Podcast Network. You can find tons of spirit-filled content from their vast catalog of podcasts, including my Monday through Friday news stories for the Charisma News Podcast. Go to cpnshows.com to see the full list and latest episodes.